All right. This week is an interesting one. We have a special uh, podcast today, and I am sitting right now with Brandy Diamond of Texas Wine and True Crime. Hi, friends. Nice to see you. How are you? I'm good. Good. I've missed you. I know. I've missed you, too. It's been too long. So we... Rocky's not here today, no. so he's not able to record. And but I wanted to do something, you know, just a little off kilter, just a little bit. Okay. Um, and team up with you because obviously we haven't. Uh, when my friends want to do something off kilter, they call me too. Yeah, you're not the only one. <laughs> yes, that involves a, a murder. It's actually a very sad case that we're going to be talking oh, about. Terrible. Um, so obviously St. Patty's Day. Uh, mm-hmm. We're recording this uh, a, a couple weeks before yep. St. Patty's Day, mm-hmm. but with St. Patrick's Day coming up yep. on the seventeenth, I wanted to do something a little unique and talk about a St. Patty's Day true crime story. Yes, and this one's a tough one. I'll be honest with you. As parents, um, as a yeah, of a daughter, you have daughter. I have a daughter, and I w- I was going to tell you that. After reading this story and listening to some of the interviews between the friends and the mom, mm. I have to tell you that it was this one was hard. And I cover cases every week. And so a lot of them are hard, but there are just some that specifically just hit you a certain way. Yeah. And this one, as a mom, hit me a certain way. It did. And, you know, I was reading over some stats, Brandy, about – Okay, what's the actual chances of a child being abducted and killed by mm-hmm. a complete stranger? And it's actually – it's very unlikely. Let's yes. just put it that way. So, you know, I think I've seen stats from 20 to 28%-ish, mm-hmm. you know, that have been a uh, child – mainly um, kids above 12 mm-hmm. that have been abducted and mm-hmm. killed. So it's not that much. So typically whenever an adult an ad- – an abduction happens, it's uh, usually a family member or someone that people know. The victim knows. Yeah, the mm-hmm. victim knows. The family knows. But this is not that case. And the case that we're talking about is Rachel Hurley. Yeah. She was a 14-year-old, um, bright, outstanding, I've, I've strong-willed. Um, there was a lot of words to yeah. describe her. You know, her friends had a lot of words, and right. it seems like this girl was popular. Yeah, had a lot of friends. Was really someone pretty. really pretty? Wanted people wanted to be around her. So not someone, and her friends did not think she would be that type of person to actually end up this happening to because of her her lack of fear and her her drive and her spirit. Mm-hmm. And she was a fighter. She and well. And as you'll see, as we get into the case a little bit, she had a lot of defensive wounds, you know, so this, this happened on St. Patrick's day, 1990, which was March 17th, 1990 in Jupiter, Florida. And a little weird uh, game that the girls were playing just a few weeks before. Did you read about that? Okay. So what is that? Okay. So the, the Ouija board, which we, I did that a lot when I was in high school. Okay. So that was so weird. That was freaky, super weird. If if there was only one other girl there, like I would be like, uh, okay, uh, I mean, but it wasn't Brandy. It was like a bunch of girls there. Yeah. Do you want to tell the story? No, you could. Go, I mean, <laughs> please go ahead. Okay. So they were playing Ouija board, and uh-huh. I think the question. So if ever if if you don't know what a Ouija board is, it's when you put your hand on that little 
Um, it looks like a, you know, a magnifying glass type thing. And you can see the letters through the magnifying glass. And you all the key is everyone puts their hands on it, because that's how you know, you're a part of what you're asking. Right. So and then the Ouija board will then move to the different letters and it spells out something. Yeah. It spells out the answer to your question. Right. And their question, I do believe, correct me if I'm wrong, was who's going to die first? Yes, that's the okay, question. Okay. So yeah, they said who's going to die first? first. And I mean, Rachel's name. Yes. Came they said up. the Ouija board spelled out Rachel. Okay. So that was scary within itself, right? Yes. Like, so the girl's like, oh my gosh. And then the uh, Rachel apparently said something along the lines of like, oh, well, do it, bitch. Yeah, do it, bitch. Yeah, do it, bitch. <laughs> well, like, then just do in a, it. In a joking yeah. uh, way, because yeah. that's the way that she was. Yeah. Well, um, then the alarm went off of, in the house. It did. There was like a second, you know, when you like something happens and you're like, whoa, that's weird. And then something else happens and you're like, okay, okay. What's the third thing, right? Like right. It comes in threes. So what's going to happen? And then this happens. She dies just, uh, I think, two weeks two later. Two weeks later. Well, so that is... Chills. If you didn't get chills. Oh. That's weird. So don't totally play... Um, yeah, don't play Ouija board. Don't play Ouija board. Spirit right. stuff, man. Like, I'm a big believer in those spirits. Don't, don't mess with them. Okay. But Rich, 2021 marked the 31 years yep. um, since her death. And um, like you said, it was in Jupiter, Florida, and they're at the beach. It's St. Patrick's Day, 1990. She's a 14-year-old girl. She was with a couple friends. They had the boat out on the beach. So they were in in a 12-foot little boat. I think there was two or three girls and two guys. Yeah, just about five or six of them, like a handful of them. Okay. So they're all hanging out, and um, it was windy that day. We talked about that a little bit. The weather was not ideal for being on the beach. So, or being in the water, or being in the water, and right. there weren't, a, there wasn't a lot of people there, right? So, Rachel was supposed to meet her mother, um, about a mile away from where the boat was going to dock, right? So, this is where it got kind of gets interesting to me a little bit. So, I guess Rachel was getting nervous, yes, uh, on the boat. She didn't about, want to be late, she no. didn't want to be late, so right. she was, um, not nervous because she was in the water, but she right. didn't want to be late, uh, meeting her mom. So at about 2.45, they start heading back in, and they – I guess the guys beach the boat or yep, something? Yeah, they just dock the boat, and yep. they they all get off. Yep. Rachel and two of her friends head towards the park where she's meeting her mother. Right. Okay, so now two – Carlin Park, to Carlin, be specific. Carlin Park, right. So the girls, Maddie and – what was the other girl's name? Aaron. Aaron. Okay, so Maddie and Aaron, they had to use the restroom or something like right. that. Right. But Rachel, being in a hurry, still needed to go meet her mom. So I'm assuming it's getting pretty close to 3 o'clock at this time, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And now Rachel just decides to, I guess, go off on her own. Now, okay, did you find it weird that her mom was about a mile away? Because a mile away is – that's pretty far to go pick up a kid, I guess. So I did think about that. And then I think about – it's 1990. Right. And I don't... And it's public. You're in a public beach. Right. You're in a public beach. And I think possibly... Okay. So she was actually supposed to meet her mom at where the Civic Center 
right. um, was at the end of the beach. So there was a little, there's the woods to cut through to get to that same location, or you can walk across the beach to get there. Right. But yes, Which I did. The hard. first thing I thought was, oh, my oh gosh, I don't know. That seems kind of far. When I think of a right. mile, the first thing I always think about is four times around a track. Because when I was in track in high yeah. school, my warm-up was a mile, and it was four times around the track. Which is a lot. That's a lot, right? So I'm like, that is kind of, that's far. So, so the, I did I did think about that. Right. And the, okay, after, they said after the, the boat docked at, uh, I think it's yep. Dubois. Dubois. I think it's Dubois. Yeah, Dubois. Dubois, Dubois Park, Dubois, maybe. Dubois, Dubois Park. Dubois Park. Uh, I guess she was supposed to go to Carlin Park, and there That's was right. a path there along the beach. Now, it was real windy that day, so some of the investigators said that she probably didn't want to walk on the beach, I guess because the sand would hit up. I'm assuming she's probably in uh, a bottoms or just bikini shorts, bottoms or yep. shorts or something. Yep. Okay, so that would – you know, I grew up on the beach pretty much, so the sand would hit against your legs, and it doesn't feel really good. Right. So there's a shortcut. There's a shortcut and she takes that shortcut. Now her friends stop at the restroom. Okay. Right. And she, like you mentioned, she is ready to meet her mom. She knows her mom is probably waiting at this point. Right. So she, the two girls stay at the bathroom and Rachel heads by herself. And I think now is probably a great time for us parents to remind our kids that you should travel in groups. Right. Now, Rich, you have a son and I have a daughter. I don't know if we feel the same way about kids and groups with boys. I haven't, but but I will tell you as a girl and a woman, statistically, we are more likely to have something happen to us, to be attacked, to be kidnapped, right. to be assaulted, to be, you know, just anything can happen to us if we're not traveling in groups. Right. And it's this type of thing where you just moms, dads, be patient with your kids. Tell them to pack in groups. If it takes yeah. a little longer for them to get there because they're waiting on someone, it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. But I, you, this is the world we live in. This is 1990, right. and the world was a little different then. But you clearly see that animals like this exist and right. are willing to do this to women, to young girls. She's 14 years old, right? And you, you know, know, to be clear, this was in an area that was uh, noted to be. A lot of homeless there, yes. a lot of transient people, uh, but it was a public area. It was a beach. Yes, now it wasn't. It wasn't busy that day. No, it wasn't on. Okay, th- so that you know could provide an opportunity for somebody that's in a transient area. Yes. To take advantage of um, a young girl like this. Yes. Right. Well, okay. So all this happens at about three. Um, her mom. Waits and waits and waits. She doesn't go there. So her mom actually thinks that she may be in the wrong location, which is right because I guess there was two, one of two spots that she could have picked her up. So her mom drives over there. Well, Rachel's not there. Yep. And she thinks, or she went with a friend, you know, we don't have cell phones yet, right? Nope. So she thinks maybe she went with a friend, maybe she got a ride home. So she goes back to the house right? and Rachel's not there. Yeah. So she starts to get a little worried. At this point. Yeah. Um, and really within just a few hours, Rich, there are over a hundred deputies. You know, deputies looking for her, her friends, her family, anyone that wants to help. Two boats, a helicopter. I mean, it's I mean, 
it was they want to find this girl right so her mom apparently called the authorities Mm -hmm. uh, around 5 p.m yes okay so let's just get a timeline here okay so she goes in at 245 starts walking at about three is Mm -hmm. what i would guess um somewhere in between uh, 245 or three and uh, five she's lost Right. Okay. She's in the woods. They didn't find her, obviously. That's right. Which seems crazy to me because she she wasn't even outside of a mile radius. Right. And you had all of these people looking for her and you still could not find her right. during this time or hear anything or no commotion, nothing. Right. So, so that breaks down the timeline, right? A lot. A lot. So that means that all of this transpired probably before four. I Yes. I mean, I would say that... It happened probably, especially when you and I start talking about, you know, what kind of person we think did this and and possibly a few um, ways that this actually ended up happening. But I seem to, I believe that once her friends went into that restroom and she started off into the woods, it wasn't long. I think they, somebody saw her. I don't think it was long either. It wasn't Um, long. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I think there was possibly that person was watching the girls Possibly. and noticed her go off on her own. And when she went into the woods, it provided an opportunity right. uh, for him. And, um, you know, I, I can't help but to think, did she realize somebody was following her? You know, what it was it a, a transient homeless person and that she passed, yeah. you know, possibly on the way. And then he, you know, I, I don't know, Brandy. And that's, uh, disturbing to honestly to think about. Did he have a gun? Did he tell her to be quiet? Because you would have thought that somebody would have heard something. Right. Heard something. Right. Heard something. And right. which makes me think that she wasn't close to the park yet where her mother would have been. She was right. And she, her body was still found such a distance away yeah. that, it, and I don't believe she was probably moved. She was probably killed right where they found her. Yeah. Um, because Just, you want to get out of there, right? If I'm a perpetrator and I'm in a public park, I'm yes. in the, I'm in the woods at a, at a public beach, Right. there's really no time to spare. Right. So just to be clear, uh, Rachel at just 14 years old, uh, was killed. She was r- brutally raped from yes. what I've read. Um, and she died by, I guess he probably choked her. Asphyxiation. Or asphyxiation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how do you say that word again? Asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. I like that word, I which don't is like a very, word. you know, it's interesting. It's um, well, now it depends how someone is asphyxiated, right? It's very personal to kill someone by strangulation with your hands because it actually takes three minutes to kill someone like that. Yeah. Did you know it takes that long? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a long time. Yeah, it's a long time. So you're looking at them mm-hmm. for the, for the, for what probably seems like an eternity. Right. And so that's a very, very personal thing. Yeah. Um, so that makes me think there was not a weapon involved. I feel like if there would have been on some level, that would have been much faster. Well, remember, she had defensive wounds all over her. And they, her friends even say, oh, she probably fought like hell right up until the end. Right. Which, once, which I'm curious, was it bruising? Was it cuts? It was both. So it was bruising cuts all okay. over her arms and hands. Okay. So that would make me think that this... Person a knife could have had a knife, but I doubt that even that's why I even, I still go to, it was probably a transient 
person yeah. or a homeless person that probably saw an opportunity. Yeah. I don't think it was premeditated. Oh, no. Yeah, definitely not. This was definitely a, a, a murder of opportunity. Opportunity. No that's doubt a, about it. That's exactly right. Like, yeah. if she would have taken the path, she would have been just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and she's with, remember, she's with six, she's with like five or six friends. Right. And even. And how do you know that she's going to leave the pack? Right. If you're, if you're, if this is premeditated, I right. mean, you're not. Well, and there are some things out there that debunk my theory. Uh, more than 50 homeless people, Brandy, were actually um, sought after and DNA, DNA tested? tested and all that stuff. And not, they couldn't find anything. Nope. So I don't know if that completely debunks my theory, but uh, whoever did it obviously left in a hurry. Left in a hurry. And I, I, I really, I'm going to, I want to do a little bit more research on this park and kind of find out. Um, I want to, I want to look at a good map of this. And now I did see pictures of the wooded area and yeah. I will tell you if I'm just standing, looking at the tree, I mean, it's the brush is high. It it was high, and the brush was th- high. they also said that where she was found was kind of off of a beaten path. It was kind of away from from stuff. So they found her. She was par- partially clothed, yes. which means that the act that wherever the act took place was probably within feet of where she, her body was found. Right. So I think they her clothes were found like. Yeah, almost like a little path. path. Yeah, yeah, like up to her. Yes. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I mean that would that would be um, scary. I wouldn't walk through the woods myself. I don't. You know I what know. I mean? I guess I don't know. I mean, so she goes back. So the mother, when she goes home and realizes Rachel's not there, she actually goes back to the park and looks for her. Right. With some other people, they don't find her. That's when she goes and that's when they notify the authorities. And then everyone is out in just that two hour span. So again, that makes the timeline very short yeah. for, to commit the murder, to get out of there. But I feel like this is someone local. You do? I do. I feel like, and it couldn't be, it could be a local transient. It could be someone who is very familiar with that beach yeah. You know, this reminds me of a crime. Um, of, do you remember when those two um, Christian, that Christian couple that went on, they, they were traveling and had gone to California. They were both found in their suitcases with gunshots to the head. What? And that case has never been solved either. But it was on a beach in California. I mean, it's, it, they had, there's no clues. Wow. I mean, they're both just found in their found in their um, sleeping bags. That is so weird. So, oh, you, you meant sleeping bags, not suitcases. I'm sorry, I said suitcases. Yeah, I was just oh like, my God, they I'm do? so tired. What do they do? Cut them up? <laughs> oh my uh, okay, so sleeping what, bags. What, yeah. Sorry, she's got some sleeping okay, difficulties. But here's but, the other thing: the girl that was on the beach. So there is a case of a girl that was um, in the middle of the day, laying on a beach, and a man goes up and grabs her and literally just brings her into the woods. There were hundreds of witnesses, and he ends up getting caught, but he just kidnaps her in the middle of the day on the beach. There is a lot of beach crime. I've actually been thinking about like doing some episodes on 
on one um, wilderness, things that happen when you go hiking. There's a lot of cases around that. And things that just happen on the beach when you are traveling and and going to unfamiliar places. But this girl's familiar with this. But being in the woods at Carlin Park where she's found, to me, that just rings a bell. Like somebody knew that the woods were there. Somebody knew that path was there. Yep. And I feel like that would be either a local transient or a local a local native of Jupiter, Florida. I agree with you 100% on that. And just to add to that, I do think that the person, whatever they did, okay, they knew that nobody could hear them. Because remember, if it's windy and they said that not a lot of people were at the beach. Which I is also, probably why there's zero to zero witnesses, witnesses, except one or two people who have come forward and said something. And that they may have saw somebody. Right, exactly. Right, so, okay. Okay, so if it's windy on a beach, I don't know if you've been on a beach when it's windy, but it's loud. Yeah, like it's really loud. You can't really hear a lot, right? Right, right. So, okay, taking that in consideration, now, you know, I could see how he could get away with it. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially if you're in the woods. So now, okay, you're in the woods, and if you if a girl is screaming – and you're in the woods even a half mile away, right. a quarter mile away. You're not hearing that girl scream. No. And you have to think you're in the woods. There's it, trees. Thick, thick woods. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. – yeah. I mean, I'm not – again, not a lot of people there. It is a public beach, but you have the wind. You're in the middle of, of a dense forest. And I'm, I'm just not surprised there haven't been very many witnesses. No, I'm not either. And it and it's it's a sad case because I mean you you're talking about a small town. Um the dad, his name is Daniel Hurley. Mm-hmm. So he sadly passed away in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um he was coaching actually he was coaching his right? grandson lacrosse game. Right. And he just I think he had a heart attack or just yeah, it died sound, right there. It sounds like it. Yeah. And he never got to see his daughter's killer come to justice. Yeah. I mean, Brandy, it's a, it's a tough case when you, when you start digging into it and there's a, there's actually a documentary out there. It's a mini documentary yeah. about 15 minutes. She was the baby of the family. Right. You know, I yep. mean, she had an older sister. She had a, she had an older sister or she had a sister just three years older than her and they were very, very close. Right. Um, and it's, you know, it's just the not knowing. And, I, you know, I go back to the thing about being a mom and just how her mom had to feel. You're waiting on your daughter. She, mm. You don't see her. You, you don't know, you know, maybe she went home. You go home. She's not there. You go back. And, I mean, just that feeling of you're so close. Yeah. You're, you know, why didn't I just go in the woods? Why did I make her walk this far? I mean, I can't even imagine. I. I don't. I can't even imagine I don't, what that is like. Well, and sadly, and they live with this, right? Uh, you every, live with it. You don't have answers every day for the rest of their lives. And they did say that the family, you know, did move on with their lives, and yes. you know that they they weren't really a part. I get a part of the investigation after the fact. Um, there's been a number of investigators along the way yeah. that have taken the case and. You know, they're not going to let it die. And March uh, 17th, um, just in a couple days uh, from when this podcast is going to be released, uh, sadly, it's going to be 32 years. 32 years. It's a long time. That is a very long time. And you have to 
think about the more years that go by, uh, the less likely yeah. the case is going to be solved. Here's the one hopeful thing. So she's found she's found at eight fifteen that night. Okay, they find yep. her. They find her the same day. Yep. Um, like you said, she had been sexually assaulted. She had been strangled, mm-hmm. um, partially clothed. Yeah. Uh, but the good news out of all this, Rich, is that thank God there is DNA. Yes. They That's did right. find DNA on her, yep. which is hopeful for families. Right. It gives them hope that yeah. that's the one thing that is going to tie her to someone out there. Yeah. And, but the problem is they've had zero, zero. I mean, they even said t- 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we, we have DNA. I mean, I was watching some of these, these like old clips in, mm-hmm. on the news about her and they would say, there's a break in the case. There's a break in the case. Yeah. And it was the DNA and they were so sure they had their guys several times and it just didn't pan out. 127 DNA tests have been conducted yep. um, and they've come up empty, completely empty, which is, you know, it did sad. And look, this is not a case that, you know, is meant to scare people or drive fear because realistically in today's world, it, it's unlikely that a stranger will do it if your child is with other people, right? right? right. Um, and typically, unfortunately, it does happen more so with kids that are 12 and you know, 12 to 18, I think. Um and a lot of them end up sex trafficking. Yes. You know, so that is a big deal. Huge deal. Um, you know, I just did an episode about sex trafficking. I do. Yeah. So if you guys want to listen and I could probably do a whole series on sex trafficking just in Texas and what we deal with just in Texas. Oh, the corridor between Houston and Dallas, which is I the mean, 45. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrific. Yeah. Well, not only that, we've had serial killers, the yeah. I-45 killer. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much that goes on that people don't know about sex trafficking. And have you listened to that episode? Because I know I could have been a victim and I tell my story on there and it's, mm. it's super crazy. No, actually, I haven't listened to that one. When I started doing research on sex trafficking, I realized one of the ways that they kind of coax you into getting information from you. And I just a light bulb went off when I was reading this. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, mm. I actually experienced this. And I was an adult. It was like five years ago, six what? years ago. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe like eight years ago, but yes, it listen to it because it's, okay. it's crazy. So, wow. okay. So, so there is DNA. Yep. They haven't had a hit yet. So let's talk about that. Clearly this person does not have a criminal background. Uh, well, at least we know not like on a legal sense. They've right. never been caught, fingerprinted, no DNA samples have been taken right. from this person. And, you know, you have to consider going back to how fast it happened. This wasn't premeditated. Yes. And every the whole incident probably was 45 minutes. I would I would bet it's probably somewhere around somewhere around there. Yeah. 45 minutes tops tops. That means that she left her friends while they were in the bathroom. She goes over there. She gets whatever Mm -hmm. uh, she gets found by the person. Mm -hmm. Um, He rapes her and then kills her and then leaves. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's gone by five for sure. Probably four 30. Oh yeah. Uh, Like he's out of there. 
Yeah. So you can get, by the time that the police were called, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. even if you're homeless, you mm-hmm. can get pretty far in 30 minutes. Yeah. And you have to, that's, that's another thing is they're, you know, based on the timeline, would this person have walked to a vehicle? Mm. Would this person would, you know, how did this person get there? They either got there by car or they got there by foot. Right. Right. So let's take the scenario of, of someone watching them. Mm. So they're being watched. Yep. They get off the boat. Maybe this person was on the shore and saw them. Sure. Probably not on a boat with, and then no. dock. Probably that didn't happen. So they're being watched. Okay. And then the two girls go into the restroom and now she's alone. Right. And she goes off by herself. And now this is a crime of opportunity, right? A moment of opportunity for this person. For sure. To do that. So that's scenario number one. And then they follow her into the woods. She takes, she takes the shortcut. Yep. Um, and, and she's attacked. Mm-hmm. Other scenario is they're already in the woods. Okay. So you're right. Which would be somebody transient. Yes. Why else are you in the woods? Right. Just hanging out there. Just hanging out there. Uh, and, and if it's a group, now I would think a group of friends could be hanging out there, right? Sure. But that would mean more than one person is involved in this crime. Right. Which... It's hard to keep one person quiet themselves, but then you have two people and you know, that, that gets, people are not good at keeping their mouths shut. Right. We're talking 31 years later. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the videos I saw was, uh, I think it was one of the investigators or a past investigator mentioned that he thinks that it could have been more than one person, Mm -hmm. but I just, I don't see that Brandy, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't don't really see that either. I, I don't, it could have been. I mean, I just, um, if you guys have never listened to Alligator Candy, that is, an, a, that is a fantastic podcast. And I had him on my show. Very cool. It is so cool. But unfortunately, Alligator Candy was the type of candy he had asked for for his brother who was going, um, which is also a Florida case. And he's going to get some candy. And he asked his brother when he's at the 7-Eleven if he'll get him some Alligator Candy. Well, he's killed in the woods. He mm. comes back on the bike. Two men are actually arrested. Um, for his murder, I don't even want to talk about what they what they did to him, but um, you can go listen to Alligator Candy. But that two people were involved in that case, mm. and one was um, mentally challenged, okay, and the other one was a leader, okay. So he got him to listen to him and to, but now then you have two people, so then you right. start asking questions. So could two people be involved? Sure, sure, but yeah. that also means that you have to that that person has to either be ready to do what you want to do, mm-hmm. which is a kidnap, a, a rape and murder someone in the woods. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you've got to, not everybody's okay with that. You know, right. You have to be slanted a certain way, but to, if, yeah, both of you. Right. And if the one at that moment, and if the one had, you know, mental disabilities, okay. Yeah. You know, it happens. There's gosh. plenty of cases with two people involved and one, is just powerful over the other right. and, and talks them into doing things they wouldn't typically do. Right. And which, a lot. which is sad. Well, the good news is again about this case, they have DNA. They have DNA. Um, there is a detective on it. Detective Springer is his name. Um, and this is in Palm beach County. So, you know, share this with your friends. Yes. Uh, the only way that we could ever solve some of these crimes is to keep talking about them. That's right. Uh, Brandy and what you do on, 
your podcast, uh, Texas Wine and True Crime, keeps some of these stories going. Yes. And I think it's really important. And, you know, for all the first responders out there, you know, uh, the detectives and the investigators and, you know, they make a career out of just doing this. This is their yes. only job Yeah, is to find uh, the Texas happened. Rangers now have a cold, just a cold case unit. I mean, that ranger, that's that's their job that's is so cool. to look at cold case, cold cases and, and get them solved. I mean, you know, it's there's just um, there's a lot that that screams at me in this case. Um, again, I just think over and over in my head, how many of these with the beach and mm-hmm. with the woods and there's just so many of them and typically they were all stranger abductions. In fact, I'm, I'm about, about 90% of the ones that are just floating in my head are all stranger abductions. Right. And even though statistically it's in a public area, right. That's the thing. Well, and the, and then statistically that's actually less likely to happen. This is how Ted Bundy used to do it. He would attend and he would attend beaches that were packed Yes, where people wouldn't notice if you were gone, possibly. And he he even did it twice in one day at the same beach, which is so crazy. I mean, he did some crazy stuff, but it just goes to show you how people's minds work and they can prey on total strangers. And what uh, what better place than a public a public beach? Right. Well, and obviously the person that did this was very calculating. Yes. Uh, They were bold, very very bold. Um, You know, it's sad. So, hey. So does that speak transient? I I don't know. I've got I've got a lot of. I I still think so. I definitely think local. I don't. I think local. I think it's I think I do think transient, to be honest with you. I still do. I don't um, based on everything that I read about this, uh, the story, the, the case. I don't, there wasn't like a guy that was fishing that day that everybody saw. That's right. Right. Like, so there was no one that stuck out that was just a loner uh, that, that nobody could pick out, at least from everything that I read. And I, I dug in it in a pretty good Brandy. I mean, uh, once I started digging into it, I was like, what? You know, they they do have a $15,000 reward out for anyone that can lead that does have any information. I would really like to see one of the DNA companies that that does this, that solves cold cases using DNA profiling, which Mm -hmm. is huge now. Huge. Um, Now, I know there has to be some sort of um, there's so many laws about people who give their DNA, right? You voluntarily give your DNA to Ancestry and all these other ones, right? 23andMe. Sure. But. If you go to their website, it basically tells you if your DNA ever becomes a legal issue or if you don't worry, the police will never get this from us. I mean, so there's a because I, I mean, the, same with the yogurt shop murders in Austin. Mm. There's a there is a tent. There was a tentative match with a male subject of the family somewhere in the DNA uh, basically, the bank is what I call it, and it's basically police officers can get access to this, but it only gives them a snippet of what they see. So there was a match on one of the on one of the DNA found at the um, the yogurt shop. The FBI will not give it to the Austin Police Department. What you can't it can't be it can go back to like an origin of where the DNA came from, but it can't go back to the individual based on the legalities of submitting your DNA voluntarily. Go well, to 23andMe and read it. It tells you. I didn't you. know that. 
Yeah. Wow. I think they'll be able to do something at some point. All it's going to take is one legal case or one something to happen. And I don't know. Yeah. So it's, so it's a, so I, I, what I'm trying to say is there's this weird balance right now of submitting DNA and getting cold cases solved. So if the laws change just a bit and there was some way to be able to, um, find out where that DNA profile is coming from, what origin, and and then they can probably solve a lot of these cases. But um, you're right. There's a lot of, but there's a lot of good right now with um, these companies that are really, really trying to solve um, and using DNA in all kinds of ways and small genetic markers. Usually you you need it a lot, but now they only need a little bit. Right. And you can narrow it down. You can narrow it down. Yeah. Right. Well, I, so know, I'm hopeful. Yeah, me too. You know, if, if there was no DNA, I'd be really concerned. Right, me too. But you know, let's let's uh, hope that you you yeah. know we can keep the story alive. That's right. Uh, to find her killer, yeah. uh, Rachel Hurley is is the young uh, girl's name. She was 14 years old. Once again, and if you do have any information, Crime Stoppers of Palm Beach, Florida. Their number is 800-458 tips which is 8477 so 800-458-8477 and um, there's also a number two if you look uh, up detective springer um, you can find him as well and once again there's a fifteen thousand dollar reward for anyone with information that can lead to the killer's um, arrest so yeah. uh, let's just hope that uh, we don't have to do another saint patty's day uh, murder. I'm sure that there are a few others out there, but this yeah. one, like I said, Brandy, it really stuck out to me. Yeah. And um, she's 14. Yeah. She had her whole life ahead of her. Yeah. Well, if you haven't listened to, if you're on our show, because we're going to do a dual release, you're going to yes. release yours on Texas Wine and True Crime. Yes. And of course, I am Rich from Rock and Rich. Uncomfortable, rock and rich, uncomfortable. We just go by rock and rich nowadays. Oh, you do? Well, I mean, kind of. Okay. I mean, rock and rich. <laughs> rock and rich, uncomfortable is the name of our show. So we are we're going to do a dual release. We're going to release this um, on Tuesday, which is the fifteenth. Yep. The fifteenth, which is which is yeah. today. If you're listening to it today, if you're listening to it. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got, uh, Brandy. Oh um, Thanks for having uh, me back. Absolutely. Good it's, uh, you know, we need to do this more yeah. and, you know, obviously we have a platform and we can keep some of this, uh, some of these cases alive. And so people think about them, maybe, yeah. maybe find some information. You never know. Yeah. I would like to encourage the Palm beach, um, police department to, Really, really, really think about contacting some of these DNA companies and colleges and places that are doing really, really good things now. I know that sometimes there's a little hesitancy for police to get people involved in that type of thing. And I know it probably can be a little expensive um, depending on the route you go, but Mm -hmm. there's help out there. And I and I feel confident seeing all of these Texas cases that I cover get solved after 26, 35, 42 mm. years, that it is possible. So I do think eventually they're going to have a match. And um, I can't wait till they do so that the family can have some sort of closure after so long. Yep. Agree 100%. Well, Brandy, thank you again for doing thank this you. with me. Yeah. And uh, let's do it again. Let's do it. All right. Well, I am Rich from Rockin' Rich. And I'm Brandy from Texas Wine and True Crime. All right. We will see you guys next time. Bye.